0: Hey everybody, our board slash O-I-T-E podcast companion book is now available for you to follow along and take notes with our podcast review. Just click the link in the description. Hello everybody and welcome back to yet another episode of the Nailed It Ortho podcast. You are tuned into our O-I-T-E slash our board review series featuring myself and Dr. Spencer Woolwine. And I would like for you all to give yourself a pat on the back. Because you have made it. You have made it through the spine review. And now we finally have moved on to something else. We have our foot and ankle review starting off. So now we switch to yet another subject. So now I believe we have covered basic science. We have covered sports, trauma, spine, and now foot and ankle. We are slowly getting our way through this. And I'm sorry, we're slowly making our way through this. And um, and it's been pretty good so far, and we'd love to hear you all's feedback. But again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. We try to go over high-yield topics to know for your board exams or for your OIT exams or to just give you a kind of a general basis foundation of knowledge on the different aspects of orthopedic surgery. Myself is Dr. Wendell Cole, myself and Dr. Jay Fitz started this podcast i am a fifth year resident as well as jay Fitz, and we also have dr spencer woolwine who just finished his fellowship in musculoskeletal oncology and is now actually an attending physician who joins us to talk some foot and ankle and we continue on through the different subjects so without further ado let's go ahead and get into today's episode
1: you are now listening to nailed it the orthopedic
0: surgery podcast featuring doctors jay Fitz and wendell cole All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back again to yet another episode of our OIT, I guess, slash ABOS review. It's, it's been a while. That, uh, well, why not? And I were kind of talking a little bit off air of, of how long it's been. And we still have a good amount of topics to go over. But yet again, we are back with some more uh, with some more review. And now we're talking some some foot and ankle. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Spencer, it's, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad we're, we're starting to get back and get some of these things done.
1: Yeah, we're back You're You're done with the interview season. And, and yes. so, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're getting back into it. And uh, hopefully everybody is uh, kind of already starting to get ready for the next OITE, even though it may seem like it's months and months away, that thing will come up on you quick. So, Man, so quick. So, uh, everybody listening. Uh, thank you. And I guess we'll uh, we'll get started. And so what uh, ligaments make up the lateral ligament this complex of the ankle. And when uh, do these ligaments get strained or? Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know, if you one of the things you can do or people listening is just to, like Google a picture of, of this, but you have your ATFL, your uh, anterior talofibular ligament, you have your CFL calcaneofibular ligament and your PTFL. Um, and so, you know, these, these three, you know, ligaments make up again, that lateral ligamentous complex and your ATFL, anterior talofibrile ligament is going to be on, on stress or strained whenever your foot's in plantar flexion, inversion and internal rotation, which is like the most common, like, you know, when somebody sprains their, their ankle, they, they tend to have an inversion injury to their ankle. That's why the ATFL is the most common. Uh, most common uh, injury injured you know ligament when you look at ankle sprains, and then you also have your CFL your calcaneofibular ligament and that's going to be on stretch when your foot's actually in dorsiflexion and inversion. So you know those are just things to know and know a little bit about you know when they're going to be strained again. ATFL is going to be plantar flexion inversion internal rotation, and your CFL is going to be dorsiflexion and inversion, and. So those are some of the lateral ligamentous um, complexes. What about, say we go to the medial side, What where does the deltoid ligament attach?
1: Yeah, the deltoid ligament has both superficial and deep portions. The superficial portion is uh, anterior to the uh, navicular and inferior to the sustentaculum and posterior to the tailor body. That's where it attaches. So there's kind of three distinct bands. Again, anterior extends up to the navicular, inferior goes to the sustentaculum tali, and posterior goes to the kind of tailor body. And then the uh, deep portion of the uh, deltoid ligament goes from the medial malleolus just to the tailor body. And these are uh, the um, kind of ligaments that you uh, we'll be looking for, I think we, we covered maybe some of the ankle, uh, fractures in the trauma section. If not, we'll cover them here. But, um, when you do like a, a gravity or external rotation stress test on a isolated lateral malleolus fracture, you're looking for the integrity of the deltoid ligament. And, uh, if you do see that medial clear space widening, then you're assuming that the deltoid ligament is compromised and that's essentially a bimalleolar equivalent fracture. And some would argue that that is an unstable fracture. So you'd want to maybe fix that fracture surgically. Whereas if there is no medial clear space widening, then maybe they do have a more stable type pattern and that patient can be treated in a, in a cast or a cam boot. And so it's this deltoid ligament that you're looking for with the gravity stress view. And then, uh, Moving up, I think a little bit more, uh, I don't know, maybe not more important, but, uh, more <laughs> concerning, uh, ligaments around the ankle is the syndesmosis. What, what makes up the syndesmosis?
0: Yeah. So really kind of what this syndesmosis is, uh, articulation between the distal tibia and the fibula. So you have your incis- incisura fibularis, which is kind of that, that, um, that hollow, um, area on the tibia, the distal tibia for which the fibula articulates with. And you also have your fibular facet. And these are going to be composed of a couple of different ligaments. So you have your anterior inferior uh, tib-fib ligaments or the AITFL, you have your posterior inferior tib-fib ligament or your PITFL. And you also have your interosseous ligaments that go uh, between those two bones. And one thing that, that people may say are the AITFL, some people may also talk about the show and Volkmann fragments. And these are just kind of where those uh, where these ligaments going attach to. So the anterior part, whenever you get an actual fracture and you have an avulsion of the AITFL and a piece of bone from the distal tibia, that's called your that's called your show uh, part fragment. And then you have an avulsion of the PITFL with a piece of bone. That's posteriorly that's what's going to be called your volkmann fragment but again ankle syndesmosis is going to be comprised of the aitfl pitfl and the interosseous ligament and just continuing on with just some just straight anatomy how many facets of the subtalar joint are there and, are, and is any one of them the largest
1: there are three facets of the subtalar joint and the posterior facet is the uh largest and Um, you're probably never going to be directly asked that question on, um, on a test, but it's, uh, you'll definitely be asked it on your foot and ankle rotation. Um, (laughs) uh, for, for reasons I don't really fully know, but, um, (laughs) just remember there are three facets to the subtalar joint with the posterior facet being the largest. And then you may hear, uh, some people refer to a show part joint. What, what is the show part joint of the foot?
0: Yeah. I remember hearing that for a while and I, you know, I just nodded like I knew what was going on, but I, hadn't, <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea what it was. And so what this actually is, is going to be the transverse tarsal joint. Okay. So this is the, the joint between kind of the tail navicular joint and the calcaneo cuboid joint and what this does or what this joint does is it works with the subtalar joint during movement. So again, the Chopart joint is the transverse tarsal joint. So, you know, you're going to have your talonavicular joint and your cuboid joint, which is also going to work with the subtalar joint during movement. Now, what structure supports the talonavicular joints, you know, since we're over here talking about Chopart joint and, and this and that.
1: So, that's going to be the spring ligament complex, which has uh, kind of two components to it. There's the uh, superior medial and inferior calcaneo navicular ligament. Um, so, again, if you're asked about the talonavicular joint, I mean, obviously there's the uh, synovial membrane around the joint, which is going to help support the joint too. But the, the ligamentous structure that supports the talonavicular joint is going to be the spring ligament complex. And then uh, maybe a more uh, common topic to hear about definitely on uh, the OITE and ABOS is uh, kind of these Liz Frank injuries. And we all are know through residency, the the very important Liz Frank ligament. Where does this ligament originate and uh, then attach to?
0: Yeah, so again, this Liz Frank ligament is going to uh, originate from the plantar aspect of the medial cuneiform to the base of the second metatarsal. I feel like I was asked that almost on every, at least a weight rotation and obviously in residency that's asked as well. And so it's going to be composed of three layers. So you're going to have your interosseous layer, which is strongest. And again, this, this, This fact was found in one of the uh, one of the AOS books. So that's where I found this in case anybody's wondering. Um, uh, It's going to be followed by the plantar layer and then the dorsal layer is going to be the weakest. So, again, you have three layers of this Liz Frank ligament. You have your plantar, interosseous, and dorsal layer, the interosseous layer being the strongest. Uh, And if you want to learn some more about the Liz Frank ligament, we have a prior episode with Dr. McAllis Hogan on Liz Frank injuries. You can kind of go dive a little bit more deeply into that. And just continuing on, or just again this hidden to straight anatomy, uh, what muscles or what, what structures make up the anterior compartment of the leg?
1: Yeah, and so as we know from from trauma and compartment syndrome, uh, that there are four compartments of the leg. And uh for adequate uh compartment release, uh, you need to release all four of these. Um, one of which obviously is the anterior compartment and that's made of, I mean, the easiest way to think about it is all of the muscles of this part of the leg, uh, are going to involve some sort of dorsiflexion or, uh, digit, uh, extension. And so you have your extensor digitorum longus, you have your extensor hallucis longus, uh, you have peroneus tertius. Um, you also have uh, tibialis anterior, and then uh, the neurovascular structures that may that are found within the anterior compartment are the anterior tibial artery, and then the deep peroneal nerve, and that deep peroneal nerve is supplying the muscular structures of the anterior compartment, so that allows you to dorsiflex your foot and uh, extend your toes, and then sensation down distally is going to be, uh, the, it doesn't innervate any muscles in the foot necessarily. It's just sensation between the first and second digit. And so, and that's something that you learn in, in medical school and on all of your away rotations, if you were able to do some during COVID, uh, <laughs> times, yeah, right. um, uh, and then moving kind of, uh, around, um, you have the posterior compartments one of which is the superficial posterior compartment what's found in there
0: yeah and i remember that was always a question like oh are there are there just two posterior compartments or is there just one but yes, yeah there are two this is the uh the superficial posterior compartment you have your this kind of this gastronemius soleus complex so gastrocnemius soleus and you have the little small wispy plantaris, which is also part of the uh, this superficial posterior compartment And one of the things about the Achilles tendon fibers, uh, which is, again, a kind of gastrocnemius soleus complex, is when they go on the insert, the fibers actually rotate 90 degrees medially. So the superficial Achilles tendon fibers actually insert laterally on the calcaneus. And um, that's one thing that, you know, I, I necessarily didn't know at at one point, but we also have a podcast on Achilles tendon ruptures <laughs> that Dr. Uh, Bitterman did a, a great job at discussing this and discussing the anatomy. So again, if you want a more deeper dive into Achilles tendon ruptures and, you know, anatomy, you can go and check out that podcast episode. Now we just talked about the superficial posterior compartment that has the gastrocnemius soleus complex and the plantarus. What makes up the deep posterior compartment of the leg?
1: Uh, yeah, this deep posterior compartment I think is the most commonly missed compartment during uh, uh, fasciotomies of the lower extremity because just because it's it's kind of difficult to get to if you don't know how to get to it, and so um, the deep posterior compartment obviously lies deep to the superficial, uh, and it's composed of the uh, tibialis posterior, flexor digitorum longus flexor halicis longus, and then you have the posterior tibial artery and the tibial nerve. Um, And that posterior tibial artery is what you palpate around uh, the posterior medial aspect of the uh, medial malleolus. And uh, uh, you guys probably all know this, but then you have that kind of famous uh, acronym for the structures as they are uh, passed around the posterior medial aspect of the ankle, that tom dick and very nervous harry so the, the tom is the uh tibialis posterior the uh dick is flexor digitorum and then you have very nervous so then you have uh or and very nervous so then you have the artery the vein and then the nerve and then you have flexor hallucis which is going to be the most lateral structure um, and then there's something called the knot of Henry in um, that might have just been Dr. Henry who needed something to be named after him. But, <laughs> but what is the knot of Henry?
0: Yeah. So this is just that, that area where the ED or the FDL, I'm sorry, excuse me, the area where the FDL tendon crosses over the FHL in the midfoot. And I remember my, you know, I was on foot and ankle rotation. My attending would ask me this like many times. I was like, so it's good to know. It's, I don't know if it's just a good question, but it's still good to know. Um, and I think it's good anatomical landmark. But again, so the knot of Henry is going to be where the FDL tendon crosses over the FHL in the midfoot. And so we talked about the anterior, posterior, superficial, and deep. What about the lateral compartment of the leg? What, you know, kind of what structures make that up?
1: Yeah. The lateral compartment, um, is, uh, obviously on the lateral aspect and it's more posterolateral and sitting over the fibula and it has all of the muscles that are going to be, uh, they have kind of two functions. They dorsiflex also, but they, uh, evert the foot mostly. And that's going to be the peroneus longus peroneus brevis. And then it's also going to contain the Uh, also come in superficial peroneal nerve that wraps right around the uh, proximal fibula and then the uh, peroneal artery as well. And uh, so now that we've kind of finished all of these compartments of the leg and the anatomy of the leg as these all go down into the ankle and foot, um, what is the kind of main motion of the ankle joint, which is more, I guess, uh, more directly called like the uh, tibio-tailor articulation.
0: Right. So again, main motion here is just going to be plantar flexion and dorsiflexion. That's again, the majority of the motion of the tibio-tailor joint It's going to be plantar flexion and dorsiflexion. And to compare that, what are the main motions of the subtalar in in our trope part, which is again, our transverse tarsal joint? So what are those main motions?
1: Yeah, the subtalar is going to be inversion and eversion of the foot, and that's uh, one of the things I think we'll get to kind of subtalar arthritis uh, in the in the next uh, little bit here. But that subtalar arthritis, a lot of those people are. They're not really going to complain a whole lot about walking on flat ground, but they're going to say, if I try and walk on uneven ground, that's when it really hurts. And that's because that that joint is responsible for the inversion and eversion of the foot. And then the show part joint or that transverse tarsal joint is responsible for locking and unlocking the midfoot uh, during uh, gait. And uh, that's kind of a seamless uh, transition into the biomechanics of Gate and as much as or as painful as it is to know um, <laughs> yeah. we'll be tested so on painful. it by attendings and by uh, board question writers and so um, I guess we'll go over it what's really the biomechanics of the foot during heel strike and during push off
0: yeah so during heel strike our joints are going to be parallel again you know heels just about to hit the floor and so your calcaneus is going to be in E version, so a little bit E version, and your midfoot is going to be flexible for shock absorption, which which makes sense if you think about it. And then, so if you think about during push push off, the opposite, you probably don't want something super flexible for when you're trying to push off and, and walk forward. So during push off, your subtalar joint transitions to inversion; the foot becomes inflexible and gives you a rigid lever arm for push off. And you know, again, we'll get into this even much later when we talk about you know posterior tibial insufficiency and and kind of uh, some of the biomechanics behind that. But again, so during push off, your subtalar tra- joint transitions to inversion. Your foot then becomes inflexible, and now you have a rigid lever arm for push off. Versus during heel strike, joints are parallel. Calcaneus is a little bit everted, and your foot is flexible because you're about to absorb some shock when the rest of your foot hits the ground thank you everybody for listening to that episode yes that was our first episode of our foot and ankle review hope you all liked it hope you all enjoyed a little bit of just kind of a background to some foot anatomy a little bit of foot biomechanics and i hope you go ahead and hit the subscribe button to the podcast and listen to us on whatever you listen to us on and please go and leave us a review and follow the youtube channel go and subscribe to that so you can get updated with videos until next time we will see you next week or maybe in a couple days it depends on when this podcast comes out but one of the two